0: If you, you do challenge the status quo, uh, weird decisions get made. Anyway, that brings us <laughs> nicely on, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, we're live. Uh, so this is episode 209. Uh, we were just discussing and loss County uh, before I pressed record. Um, so today is going to be possibly a bit different. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to throw out the link to join here. Um, Adam is already gone he's had enough i'm
0: sick of it i'm already annoyed
1: yeah (laughs) in 30 seconds seconds, he's out uh i'm going to post the link to the stream yard um for anybody to join if they want to um the instructions are all on there uh you just need to hop in when you enter the waiting room we will be able to see you uh we're just not going to be able to have eight million people in here at once we could have like one person enter for the whole show we could have no people or we could have like 10, 20, 30. Who knows? It really depends on how angry people still are, I think. Um, and, and, uh, and whether we have struck too late on this iron. Um, because we had to take a, a bit of a break um, from dealing with just, we just couldn't do it. Uh, Easter was around. People had responsibilities. Uh, and in general, just the, the, the sentiment was, we're not in a good mental space to even talk about this game uh until until Easter Monday so before we as I get this tweet posted out let's start with welcoming Adam Craig welcome how are you feeling what's the overall feeling in your brain right now uh Jesus has risen and I'm assuming you're absolutely delighted
0: I couldn't be more delighted As as a bona fide atheist I'm thrilled uh yeah I the I'm still annoyed. I'm still really annoyed. I think this is going to be the case for a lot of people and I think it's going to be like this for quite a while. I this this isn't one I'd compare it you know in a different in a very different way. There are losses where you get really frustrated about the outcome. And for one of those it was like the Fulham game stands out to me in recent memory where you're like, "Oh god, that's such a that's going to really be an as that one's going to might come back and bite us." It's really frustrating. Then there's games like this, where you will remember this. We will talk about this game in in months and in years to come because it was an absolute disgrace. I don't even care about the actual game of football now. That's so much. I don't care about the game of football, the the outcome of it, and and what happened during, is just despicable on such a variety of levels anyway i'm fine how are you greg <laughs> yeah, apart from that yeah all dandy um i i think it's
2: just taking a day or two to sort of try and get your emotions in check and i just don't think it's happened either so you know you try and give yourself some time but uh yeah the more the more i think about it and the more it sits you've got a whole week until the next game um it just sort of just sits there doesn't it like a like a bad smell um and we'll we'll go through it in depth, but yeah. Uh outside of that, all hunky dory. But uh yeah, still still pretty human,
1: Yeah. Um Mikey, uh we are going to lose a million pounds. There's no way we're making eight and that. a half seconds. Uh yeah, no. We're not gonna be able to get through this episode without mentioning the word V A R or swearing. Um if we manage to get anybody else on, they will also fail, I suspect, <laughs> within about eight and a half seconds. Um so I appreciate the offer. Uh but that's not gonna happen. Um let's at least talk start in lineups before we get into the absolute shit show uh that unfolded. Oh no, we've un- already lost a million. <laughs> unfolded. Uh yeah, unfolded before us over those ninety minutes of football. Um, if you can call it football with the just the, the mess it was. Um, what were you thinking? Uh Ferguson back out, Cole in as well, just an all-round swapsies uh from from the midweek game. How were you feeling? Just a just a pretty, pretty basic rotation, but does Erby seems to have his preferred eleven? does he not?
0: Hey, Craig and I, we talked about this, didn't we? We sort of we saw this one coming, which is weird for us. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh. We kind of predicted that we'd have like Ferguson come in uh, for the Bournemouth game, and then we'd switch back against it uh, side like Spurs and and see what see what Danny Welbeck has about him. The Webster one, I think, you know, made made sense as well, right? I, I think this is this is areas of the team where you feel confident about switching people around and, and making a swap. I don't feel that great about any other parts of the team massively about making these these changes, but yeah, these these seem fine. Uh, and obviously, Ferguson gives them a very different proposition when you bring them on later on in the game. It's a very different experience dealing with Danny Wilbert than it is with Evan Ferguson. But yeah, it felt fine. I'm honestly after some. I've blocked so much of the bloody game out of my mind at this point that I don't. Uh, you could you could have honestly had Ronald McDonald play for us and I wouldn't really remember.
1: <laughs> he was He was actually in the bar.
0: Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the him and the Hamburglar, <laughs> yeah, with a sack of money. It's
1: uh,
2: yeah, just classic rotation. Expect it again for the next game as well. Just sort of in and out. Webster, Colewell, Ferguson, Welbeck—they'll continue to swap through. But yeah, it's, it's not the uh, it's not one of the agenda items for today, is it? But um, but yeah, I think it was it was expected and it was the right call. Obviously, uh, I think yeah. Well, we'll get on to the football, but I thought it was it was good.
1: Yeah, uh, let's get straight into the football. Um, Let's get to, I think it was about seven minutes in. Uh, First incident uh, that barely got a nudge on commentary or cameras. Uh, Penalty, early days. Uh, I don't know which one it was who handballed it um, that brought it fully out of the trajectory of the the attacker. What did you think? Uh, That handball very early days. I know you know which one I'm talking about now, uh, but it was very early on.
2: The, the one where Longley like pushed it right. Longley, that's it. Yeah, yeah. they basically just punched the ball out of the <laughs> out of the way. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's stupid. We'll we'll we we'll, we'll use that word over and over again. But it, yeah, it, it's a handball. I, I I I don't really know. I I don't know if this set the tone for the game as well. And um, where you just sort of twenty minutes in, you're like, oh, it's going to be one of those. Um, but just the first of many. It is a handball. Um, I don't really know what <laughs> what explanation you can give or some sort of investigative journalism aside from that, but it's just a handball.
0: Well, I mean, I guess the first instant was even before the bloody whistle had gone. Because you had kicking Oh yeah, kicking with Stellini. Um Ah uh, look, two Italians having a having a go on the sidelines. Uh and then obviously that came to Proper fever pitch, part <laughs> fairly deep into the game as well, isn't it? But uh, yeah, no, the fact that when you talked about that penalty shout, I didn't remember which one it was uh, or which hand, what what stupid, silly uh, thing that was robbed from us. I couldn't remember which one uh, speaks volumes. I just watched it back. Yeah, he, like Superman punched it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I think that the biggest, one of the biggest annoyances that I had throughout this, and it was Atwell, right, Stuart Atwell? um he uh kept waving off stuff like he kept doing uh, i know people that are listening on the podcast can't see me but i'm doing this this the like ridiculous hand signal that atwell was doing throughout the game where he, he thought someone had made it up and they're diving or they're faking something so if you're th- the fact is you did that multiple times throughout the game and you you were wrong every time you made that gesture to me that gesture is like, I'm very confident that you are trying to play me for a fool here. And the fact is, uh, every single time that he did it, he was incorrect. So don't do it. Like, if you don't know, if you're not sure, it's okay. Like, we've got to a point now where we understand that a referee can make the wrong decision. That's why we have the video assistants and the assistant to the video assistant, like, Bloody the, the office it feels like where you've got the assistant to the regional manager you've got 400 different officials involved in this whole thing you can make a mistake Stuart. at well that's okay but don't come out and be like no way there's no way that's better get up despite the fact that you've got no bloody you haven't seen it you couldn't see that was just one thing i, I me mean. i'm all i'm already furious and what i don't would like to <laughs> get
1: hey, well What was also 10 minutes in was an absolute worldie from Son. Yeah. Uh, I think it's his hundredth goal uh, for Spurs in the Premier League. Um, Stepped off him, didn't we? In a player of that calibre, no longer playing under Conte. Uh, uh, You just can't allow it, can you? Um, I think that's probably the one thing you can't have a great deal of complaints about uh, in regards to the game were the two goals Spurs scored. Um, They were... Legitimate, fair enough goals, um and the first one especially, I think, was just an absolute monster, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it's it's incredible. Right, it, it's you know, I I think I put it in the chat It's very synonymous with Matoma's goal against Leicester, where he's just sort of cutting on his right foot and and put it in the stanchion. So, yeah, there's not a lot you can do about that. There's nothing Jason Steele can do about that. Um, I yeah. If you're going to be critical, it's the defender needs to be a little bit tighter to him, but uh, you never know. Like, it's just one of those you, you have to admit, it's a, it's a stunning goal, there's not a lot you can do about it.
0: Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I all credit to him. I don't, I'm not complaining, I'm not going to complain about our defending in any way. Like, I know you mentioned he stood off, I, I mean, he did, but I would take that gamble yeah. 99% of the time to like show him there because he literally hit it and the only like. One foot square box that he could score from that position. It was, it was, yeah, ridiculous. But you know, having said that, um, Tottenham's like, how many attempts on target did they actually have throughout the game? Three, Th- three shots on target. Okay, so and thirty five percent possession. They are one of the bleakest, saddest, pathetic outfits I've ever seen from a, a supposed top team. They are pitiful. And I genuinely, uh, and I like the fact that some, of course, there's always idiots, but I do like the fact that a lot of Spurs fans have come out and basically said, yeah, like we've absolutely robbed you here. I pity them. I pity the fact that they have to watch that garbage football team play every week in the way that they play. Because great, you scored an unbelievable goal, completely sort of against the run of play throughout the game. You scored two goals that you really shouldn't, and you got completely outplayed and you won because of the refs. Imagine, imagine having to watch that with these high expectations. You're in this gazillion-pound stadium. You've got, arguably, the greatest ever striker in English football history. I mean, statistically, at this point, he is. You've got heung Son, who's the best player to ever come out of Asia, and you play this drab, awful football. Pathetic. That annoyed me as well. At least with Bournemouth. You looked at Bournemouth, and you play that game, and you're like, tell you what, good for them. They came. Out, they came out and played. Spurs are just diabolically poor
1: yeah they are um, i've taken this well i think well. <laughs> I th- no i think it makes it worse though doesn't it i think that adds to the 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 feeling of just gross injustice that we watch yeah. is that it's not like it was an end-to-end thriller that had this controversy it was a battering from start to finish that was absolutely engineered to have a different result to the one that should have happened um and let's talk one of the biggest ones immediately. Uh, Mitomo's goal. Uh, first of all, what a what a take and what a finish. Um, unbelievable finish, I thought, from from Mitomo. I originally thought it was offside, was what they were looking for. Um, never once did I assume it was a handball, because it quite clearly come off the sleeve slash chest, like shoulder area. And that's been, like, the sleeve has been played onside uh, and not not a handball all season long. That's been the rule. Like if it hits up on the sleeve, it's not a handball. We've had this, the precedent's been set. We're all happy with it. It's happened many a times this season and it's always been given the same way. The lino after the referee said no, the lino did motion to the fact that it hit his shoulder um, and was like, it, it was He was was
0: tapping here on his upper arm. This guy, I don't know where he's perceived it, but he's created a new scenario that didn't happen where the ball touched way lower as well.
1: Yeah, James in the chat saying he's seen seen Ronaldinho score a dozen goals like his disallowed goal. Um, And let's also add to the fact that, yeah, he was also pushed into that ball. Uh, Absolutely a foul anywhere else on the pitch, by the way. Absolutely. Um, And the goal is disallowed for handball. At that point, that's number one. We're not even at the fifth yet. This is one of five that that we've actually had the club. There's more than five. We know this. We've seen the highlight reels. But this is just one of five that the club have actually officially took to PGMO, Um five uh, that they've actually felt were worthy enough. Um, I don't know if you've seen it today, but the admin have also put up an entire separate video Um of all of the incidences uh, on the Brighton YouTube channel, which is just like perfect. Well, it's not to watch it. I wouldn't, rec- <laughs> I wouldn't recommend watching it. Um, but Craig, what's good? What are, we, what are we doing here?
2: Well, it's just they don't know the rules today. And we're just saying that the president's been set, right? And we're all in agreement and it's been talked half to death this season that that is, that is a legitimate play. Um, and it's, it's a great finished too right it, it, you've got two hands in your back you've then managed to control it with your chest and or part of that sleeve which is deemed as legitimate and eligible to be played um and yeah like adam said the linesman's just made it up right he's just he's touched an arm where it didn't touch and again you then talk about this whole clear and obvious nonsense around var and being able to overturn that and that it's not clear and obvious or whatever utter nonsense it is is that it's unjustifiable how bad and and we're talking one of five right you can probably just copy and paste this for for the rest of the rest of the hour but like it's unreal how that's not been looked at and gone actually that that might need to be overturned they've just dismissed it and the same way that Atwell's swinging his hands and arms around saying that everything can play on You've got a dedicated team looking at different angles of this, and they've still got it wrong. And, and that's that's the the injustice alongside Spurs paying absolutely turgid football. But yeah, it you can't justify it. I don't. It's very strange.
1: I think it speaks volumes. And Pierre in the chat, <laughs> Pierre in the chat said it's appropriate on this Easter Monday that they've spent the weekend with egg all over their face. Um, do you want to hear a good stat in England? Kids, on average, consume 8,000 calories worth of Easter eggs every year per child. How mad is that?
0: I consumed 8,000 calories after the game. as stretcher. <laughs> just, just from just in alone. Beer,
2: yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeast.
1: You're still baking in there. Um, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I think, and we're not even on to decision two, um, but I think... The most mental piece of this is that we had a shocking penalty call uh, in the Brentford Newcastle game, and we had a linesman legitimately elbow a professional football player in the face <laughs> on live. Television. Pretty hench linesman as well. And people are um, still talking about this more than those, more than that incident. The elbow in the face from the lino has been actioned upon much quicker by Pijonell, uns- unsurprisingly. Um, but the media and the radio and the general articles and all that sort of stuff and the pundits and the analysis, they're actually spending more time talking about what happened at Spurs than someone actually elbowing someone in the face. This is where we're at with how bad this this performance was. I think Stuart Pierce said today that he's never seen in his entire life, whether playing it or watching it. Uh, a team be as victimized as we were um, in that game. Uh, let's talk about decision number two, and I'm trying to remember what order they all went in. Actually, let's just talk goal first. Uh, Lewis Dunk, unbelievable. Where's that been all season? Just peeled off at the back post, no one marking him. Great header into the back of the net and a well-deserved equalizer. And I think at that point, we all thought, here we go. Like We've been victimized a little bit here, but this is this is where it's all going to turn around. The crowd was gone at that point. You could hear them; they were just deflated. And you thought, okay, now's the time for us to turn this around and capitalize on this and really put them to bed.
0: Yeah, how'd that go? But no, it did feel that way, and and yeah, it, it felt like having having that that finally. A, goal, a, 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 like a proper goal from a corner, not one that like bounced in off of someone that we had more recently, like oh, I just flopped in or someone, it was a miss mark or whatever. Dunk made, it was a proper, like He made a run, he got away from his mark and he smashed it in the back. Great. Um, unfortunately, we just won't remember it now. I, I barely remembered it before coming on here and I just rewatched it back. But uh, yeah, I mean, it just felt, after enough of the game went on after that point, and there were enough chances that happened and enough silliness, Hannah will get on to the Spurs goal, the, the second one, the Kane goal. That felt inevitable. That felt more inevitable than a comeback from us. That was like it's just a matter of time before Kane scores. I would have bet a lot of money on it. I really should have. Yeah, I mean,
2: scoring from a corner is always nice. I think we we obviously I think we mentioned it on the last pod just around being able to score from set pieces and how sort of dull we've been in that area. So it's always nice to get one, but I think at that point, what you're 34, 35 minutes in, you're going, right, this is one way traffic. Now we've been the better team. And you know, we've had one goal disallowed. We've now got one back. Like this is all heading our way. But then as soon as these decisions start coming through and (laughs) <laughs> you get one or two more of the five or 15 that we're going to talk about today you start going yeah that's it's inevitable that this is going to be one of those days um, and we've had days like that before but this one was like just takes the cake doesn't it and the longer it went on the more the injustice was going to build and you knew that that something was going to happen and um, just this just set us over the edge um but at, at that point it's a well-deserved goal it's a goal from a corner it's lovely you, you you're then looking all oh, right, let's push on from here. But uh, sadly, we're not allowed to.
0: But this was—it uh, was—you sort of have to score goals from set pieces against teams like Tottenham, especially if all your others get disallowed. But the 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 way they defend and the way they set up is just so congested, and I'm sure you noticed even before all of the silliness happened. Hmm. Uh, we, at the final third of the pitch, we're normally so clinical in terms of pass completion and like those little triangles of passing, especially Mac, and we we couldn't do it. Like the, the pass accuracy and the consistency of play to, when it got to that final third was appalling um, against us for the most part. Uh, so it was important to score in a scenario like that because they do, if you give any credit to Spurs... They do defend with solid lines fairly well and put you you don't get anywhere near as amount of time as you'd want, which is why, you know, I think we saw, we didn't see the best games out of the attacking group.
1: Yeah. Uh, Alexis McAllister didn't have his best day, did he? I think he had a really quiet one um, and was yep. on the wrong end, however, uh, of disgraceful decision number two. Um, because this team is capable of scoring goals. Uh, an unlimited amount, it feels like at times, uh, against anyone. Um, and we had our third goal, uh, to theoretically put us 3 1 up. Um, not sure if it was just for just after half time, uh, but Welbeck, uh, decent shot, fair enough, uh, but came off of McAllister's hip, uh, blasted off of it, really, because he hit it hard. Um, and To no fault of of the goalkeeper or anyone else, it just wrong-footed him as it would. Horrible deflection, but back of the net, goal, probably should have done better, I still think, uh, than he did uh, keeper, Lloris. But, I mean, he's also not a great keeper in general at times, is he? Um, He's a bit erratic at best. Um, And the goal is in. We're 2-1 up at this point. Everybody's buzzing. Happy days. And after VAR check, it's disallowed for a handball. This one is more egregious to me because there's not a single replay or angle I've seen that has any insinuation of that hit in his arm whatsoever. It's very clear on every angle I've seen that it hits his hip. Very clear. What do what we do? Like, they didn't even ask him to go over and look. Either time. Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, he didn't do the first one either.
0: No. Uh... I, I had to go back and I had to go look up the rules, which um, is that I don't encourage anyone to do this. But there are so many checks and balances that can be run in these scenarios whereby I think fairly objectively, we can say, and of course, look, if you're listening to this, um, and we're all biased for the most part, we're Brighton fans, we want to see an outcome one way or another. But Including someone, the officials, yes. Right, right. But you could also, I think given the outcry that's happened from from you know, quote-unquote neutrals, um, that starts to make you feel better about the, the, the situation here that we're not talking completely out of line. The fact is, when you're viewing this back on video, there isn't, in my opinion, for both Matoma, but especially for this one, there isn't a clear situation where – for this one too, you go back and chalk the, you remove it. So you've gone against the decision on the pitch. That means they've gone and they've said, we collectively agree that you that we've gone against what you decided on the pitch. We're going to scratch it off and you don't even need to review it with that confident that it was a handball. Well, that's just flat out wrong. Like, I don't know what you're, you're seeing the same footage we are. Like, I did not see that. So I'm confused as to how they've seen it. And I think you know this culminates in us getting on to like <sighs> the idea of bias or at least predetermining some level of decision because of X, Y, or Z happening. And we we, we see that most of all in the term penalty example. But Craig, I, I didn't i I've watched it back three times while Josh was talking. I still don't see it hitting <laughs> Max.
2: Like it is it, hip. It makes no sense to me. And and just I think even if you go right, okay, we're and I think we, we saw it in, in the chat as well from James. Like, where is he meant to put the rest of his body then, right? It is like he's actively tried to get out of the way of it and lifted his hands and arms up and away. So even like there is no doubt that it hits his hip, I'm just saying. But given playing the complete devil's advocate, which is the worst thing to do on this type of podcast, but it's like he's actively tried to get out of the way of it anyway, right? So it's, it's just a baffling decision. I don't, and another one I just don't get. And I think Josh, to, to your point as well, it, this one feels worse than the other one because there's just, there's no, there's no gray area here. It doesn't, it doesn't hit his hands or his arms. So why isn't it overturned? And, and again, I don't know what they're doing. I do just completely asleep or just that incompetent at their job that, it is borderline, you know, this <laughs> conspiracy theory of corruption and all of this lovely stuff that we're talking about, because that's the only available explanation now is that they genuinely do not know what they're doing and are favouring results.
1: Yeah, um, I saw a uh, one of the one of my friends in one of the Brighton chats put up an interesting bit of math, um, Scott Steiner esque uh, <laughs> maths going on, but it's actually an interesting one. Um, in ref On RefWatch today, they have like the RefWatch on Sky Sports every Monday and they go over the, the decisions and stuff. Um, Dermot Gallagher has said that with good images and a competent operator, the AR should aim to and expect to get at least 95% of the big decisions right. So that obviously is a 1 in 20 chance they would still get a big decision wrong on occasion. Uh, hopefully not forgetting to draw lines like the Arsenal game or just forgetting where a player is whether they're in a red and blue shirt or a totally different color shirt like they did against us palace uh, or any of the other ones they've got wrong uh still a one in 20 chance so fair enough you think all right well that's better than what it was before anybody who had the misfortune of watching the first half of the Rex and lots county game today will agree that linesmen are not great at their job when left without any help whatsoever um If you take the five big incidents yesterday and they each have a 1 in 20 chance of being an error, the maths is 1 in 20 to the power of 5, which is then 1 in 3.2 million. The chances of yesterday having all of those five decisions wrong and all five errors to our detriment and all to Spurs' benefit, all of them clarified as being incorrect by everybody watching it, experts, ex-players, ex-refs, everybody, is 3.2 Three point two million to one. At what point do we start discounting incompetence and start accounting for legitimate bias? Well, I want to go further, but I'll wait until further on. But what? At what point do you think that we go? Huh? That's really unlikely. <laughs> you,
0: you you really confuse me with the numbers. I had to take a moment. Um, the the, the big numbers you, you power of like, yeah, yeah. um, I, I think it's, there's a danger and I've seen a lot of stuff being bounded about and I I get it. Like we can have, if we, if we want to get even more confusing, get into like philosophy and Mm. Occam's razor and like the, the the idea that probably this fundamentally the simplest explanation is probably the right one these people are probably just a bit crap. However, I agree in the sense that how can you be this bad when there's so many of you involved in which the, the sheer volume of individuals being able to help analyze something that is videoed and replayable, where does that fall away? Cause I agree with what you said at a certain point, you have to go, honestly, we could put chimps in suits, and get them to review it and if we just have enough of them like they will they will come to the right conclusion like it doesn't matter so I, I don't think it's an excuse that they're incompetent even if they are a little bit incompetent but at the other end of the spectrum i don't think i'm not i certainly don't buy into this idea that there's this clandestine top four group and you know they they wander about in in you know black suits at night and drop into museums and steal jewels and like there's Daniel Levy's shaking hands with the refs. You like I don't buy that, but I do buy into the idea that there is a pre there is an inherent bias baked into to these refereeing groups, and they talk to these individuals and they know the impact that certain decisions have on their reputations on their livelihoods. And it is simpler to go against the smaller club where the backlash is less. Um, that's a- that's absolutely what I buy into, and I think we're seeing that now. Are we the only ones that get bad decisions made? No, of course we're not. But we've got enough of a sort of statistically relevant sample now where we are being screwed. We are being screwed. And it completely changes the course of our season and the future of this team. Do never get away from the fact that the idea be that the the club is infallible and it will never fail. We could be in 10 years out of have no money and be and out of the football league structure. It happens quickly. Look at every example of a club that has had that situation happen to them in the past five to 10 years. Clubs that were Premier League sides that had gone on to big stuff that's that's the damning factor for me like i can't get away from that bit i know i've gone off completely off piece here but i that's that's the shocking bit. i don't think there's some specter version of the refereeing group that's that's taking like dollars under pounds under the table at some bar somewhere but at the same time i do think they're inherently biased
1: i think this might be the most controversial opinion on the podcast so far in 209 episodes but we're living in a post-pandemic world where remote work is more important than ever, I would go as far as to say that the chimps don't need to be in suits. <laughs> <laughs> I would Trackies, allow to, <laughs>
0: track suits.
1: Yeah, whatever they're comfortable in, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, would be, I would be happy. It with might make them
0: more the relatable way. as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You might see um, a chimp in a suit and think, I'll tell you what, how could I possibly, yeah. yeah intimidating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: um there's a lot of talk in the chat here. Um no action from PGMOL can compensate for loss of dreams and loss of players. Um and that's that's the one, right? Um if we make Europe, the likelihood of holding on to a caicedo or a McAllister, personally, I think McAllister's gone. I think we could finish top four and I think McAllister's gone. But The others, your Mitomas, your Ferguson, your Caicedos, like these players, if we make Europe, we are in a massively stronger bargaining position with teams and the players themselves, right? And if we don't make those competitions due to days like Saturday, you can point to these moments and go, this is where we have began our dismantlement as a team. And Adam, you said it before, look at Scunthorpe and Jova. We were just talking about it before we went on live. Scunthorpe and Yovo are about to be relegated. They were championship teams ten to twelve years ago. They were turning us over ten to twelve years ago. Beating us comfortably every now and again when we'd play them. And if you want to go even further, look at Leicester. Mikey in the chat's already said it. They've just hired Dean Smith and the returning Craig Shakespeare to save them from relegation. These were Premier League champions seven years ago. This thing's these things can like you're absolutely right. These things can turn on a dime. And these Mikey, in a chat, these decisions cost millions of pounds one way or another. Why are they not recorded? Why are they not logged? Why are we not auditing these trails? Why are we not having them? Like, how does nobody have any kind of transparency into what that conversation looked like between VAR and the referee? One, two, three, four, five decisions. How, how, how do we not have any of that on record anywhere when this could cost teams millions for millions for millions of pounds?
2: How do we not have that? Yeah, I I agree with you completely. I think it's, and you think VIL is probably introduced because there's so much money in the game and there is so much riding on these results now, right? And you could argue that you need to have more scrutinous officiating in order to make sure that you get it right. But it's doing the utter opposite of of what it's doing. And it's only muddying the waters even more. And we spoke about it earlier just around, yeah, I think I saw it in the chat as well, a competent operator is obviously the key bit here is that they are not fit for purpose i think my own personal opinion and and excluding everyone else's i think the technology is okay i think it's the people using it that are just crap so uh there's a lot riding on these and it's happening far too often it's happening to us and i think we we mentioned earlier the neutrals and people from other clubs are seeing it and going hang on that's not cricket um, but it can happen to every team and if this is happening to every team then it has a knock-on impact to every team um, and then you'll you'll see more Scunthorpe's and Yeovil's because those results just don't go your way and they should have gone your way. Um, there's, there's a lot riding on these games now and they're getting it wrong, a lot um, We've been one of the I guess, one of the most adversely affected, but it's happening to everyone I don't think any fan should be happy in the way that it's being run
1: Let's talk the next flashpoint and one of the funniest ones, honestly, um, one of the most random refereeing decisions of the day. Magic. Uh, astounding that we're actually going to be able to name like <laughs> point one out, uh, just before the hour mark, Deserbi and Stellini are sent off, uh, from their technical areas. Um, From what we can gather, uh, Andrew Cross was clipped around the head by a Spurs coach that has yet been unknown as to who it was, why he did it, what the logic behind that decision was is is yet to be found out as well. Uh, Understandably caused a bit of fisticuffs and bust up and, you know, flouncing around that they do on the the sidelines together. Um, Deserby weighed it in and actually tried to split it up from what we could see on the camera, which was even more surprising, I think, <laughs> uh, that Deserbi was in there trying to break it up um, and not being involved. Originally, he was trying to stop the scrap. Um, and Stellini very, very consciously stands as far away from the incident as possible to keep his neck right out of it. Uh, Stellini was shown a red card and Deserbi was shown a red card. So he had two options here. Someone waded in to help and try and stop the issue, uh, and he was sent off. And the other one distanced himself as so far away as possible to say, I had nothing to do with me, boss. And he also got sent off, uh, both of them for failing to control their own coaching staff. Uh, what on earth is this? They can rescind uh, these red cards. They are, there is no automatic ban that goes with uh, a, a manager sending off. Um, that was per nailer sometime today or yesterday. It's they're all investigated separately of their own kind of review, probably because it's so rare, uh, unless you're to Serby. Um But what do we? Stellini for me is probably more likely to keep his ban because he didn't make any effort to control his his officials. And if you're actually going along that line of thinking, he's the one more likely to have a ban upheld. No. Whereas Deserbi did on camera seemingly try and split it up. So what what do we think here? Do we think they're just going to uphold both reds? Do we think that this was a normal, like, what were we thinking when they did it? Like, what was the, like, do you not want to just, uh, it's baffling again, we're here again. And this wasn't even one of the five. We've got more. This was just like the separate point all on its own. What are, what are we thinking here with, with this whole sending off situation?
0: I I will say something more controversial where I do think there's more premeditated. I think this was actually all just a very big plan and coup so that Ryan Mason uh, was able to essentially take charge of Spurs again uh, because he's now last man standing. Uh, Stellini's on back in the stands, then Ryan Mason is back in control of this club. Uh, yeah, look, uh, <laughs> what I thought was quite funny is that like Van Hecker was going to deck someone. He came in. Then I saw Dennis Undav get involved. And I, I actually, in a fight, I'd want Dennis Undav as my bodyguard because he looks like he could cause some proper trouble. A lot of damage.
1: He's absolutely a headbutter as well, eh? Yeah,
0: he would. He would, yeah. I, I'd want Undav. Whereas you look at Neil Mope, right? I've got going way off-piste. But Neil Mope, I feel like he plays the Why character, not? character pretty well on the pitch. But I don't want Mope in the fight because like, I feel like he would scarper when he knew. It was like, oh, actually, I've played my hand here. I've got to get out. Undev, I think, would go down with it. He'd just get involved and he wouldn't know when to quit. So, yeah, I quite like that. Um, it was silly. I mean, look, the, there's a fourth official stood there. The fourth official did actually talk to the referee and explain what he saw. So we're not privy to all that. The cameras didn't capture all of it properly. The fourth official was stood amongst it. So he knew. So he's red-carded them for a reason. I, I don't know. I don't really care. I saw some headlines about also the stuff before the game where they would get involved and stuff. And Mikey hinted at this, where apparently something was said about... Stellini insulted Deserby about Potter. Potter was the reason for success. It Feels like a weird thing to come out and say. Hey, welcome to the game. Good luck today. By the way, the only reason you' business this was Grand Potter. And go to hell. Like that feels like a weird thing to happen. I am sure a lot of this was all taken out of context. Also, I, people saying Deserby should be embarrassed, and this is this is. We talked about this before he signed. He's, he's, this is him. You 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 take the good and the bad. And quite frankly, when he's been in the stands, we've been very successful playing. He even joked about that in a press He's like, I should sit in the stands more often. So I don't care about it. I also don't th- really think it provides too much of a distraction because let's face it. Um, if we didn't have the silliness, uh, it, I, it feels demeaning to call it silliness. If we didn't have the inherent refereeing bias to screw us out of our league position and ultimate goals as a football team yes, uh, on Saturday... We would have won the game despite all this despite Deserby's actions, despite him embarrassing the car. All this kind of, we would have won. The players would have got out there and you'd been like, "Wow, they really fought for him." So I don't care. I don't care. Do it. Do it as much as you want, mate. Yeah, I thought it was
2: well for me. I thought it was funny. I I also think I would I would take Van Hecker in a fight as well. I think he he's got some unbridled rage in there. You can see it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it. Like you said, it is who it is. I, it, he, he done, he, he's done it three times now, right? So, like, um, it, it's, you know, it's, it's no surprise to me now. Um, the hilarious outburst from some Spurs guys uh, or some fans or whatever saying that, you know, he's put himself out of the running for the Spurs job because he's so fiery. Like, what a look shite
0: have you looked Uh, who you've hired before what Um, do you think
2: unbelievable like your your current manager was out for two and a half years for match fixing right (laughs) like i don't i don't think you've got a leg to stand on but conte's so hot-headed he lost all his hair and had to get a (laughs) (laughs) so whatever it's it's just a bit of drama isn't it so uh you, you can tell that the Zerbi does this because he leads from the front right. He takes all the flack and he takes the heat. He's a fiery Italian and, uh, you know, these players are fighting for him. So he's doing something right. I, I don't mind at all. Like you said, i will 100% record when he's in the stands anyway.
1: Yeah, he was saying he wanted a season ticket. Um, I think he's probably joined the wait list by now. Uh, the next one um, that I think is really worth talking about because it's one that I've seen given a red card over and over and over again regardless of whether the ball is got or whether contact has been made or what it doesn't matter um Hoyberg both feet off the ground uh, what amounted to essentially a scissor tackle uh on Gross. Um, was it
0: Hoyberg or Perišić or there two? Oh
2: I think it's Perišić. I, yeah, it I think Perisic. there was there was one of there was Romero the Matoma as well that was yeah. called out. Bro, well.
0: Romero's an absolute arse as well as what a deplorable little man he is he's crap as well and he's got the attitude
1: anyway no what what did you think of that because that one is the one i've seen more people more grey area on as to whether it was a red card for me that's a stonewall red like that is absolutely a red card like he has no control he's coming down like bum first like he's literally like sitting down with his legs outstretched his studs up and he makes contact with gross as well as the ball but he has no control how is that not to me i but personally that's a red card 100 uh, percent.
0: i mean i i'm thinking i'm trying to get my head around right, because i'm thinking of the one there was the other there was one on the matoma one where he didn't make a big deal out of it and i think that's one of the ones you're referring to and that, and the other one i think you are specifically talking about is the one yet yeah, that was perisic um both could have absolutely been read. I think Matoma, did, and the commentary was decent about this, they talked about the fact that Matoma didn't make a big deal of it, but he could have absolutely jumped in the air, held his knees, like, old dear old Harry Kane would have done, cried a little bit, and the guy would have got sent off with a review. Um, and probably this other one as well. I don't know who's training this first player it's just going two-footed. And I like that they, I think they claimed, oh, you know, he did get the ball in the end. Well, yeah, if you go in two footage, you better bloody get the ball. Like, that's the whole point. You've got two bloody chances to get the ball. You've got two feet. You're not allowed to do two-footed challenges. It's just so, yeah. I mean, they should Look, we should have won the game 4-1 and Tottenham should have had nine men. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah.
2: It's a two-footed challenge. You're not allowed to do that. I don't know how that's not clear. And again, I questioned whether the referees even know the rules at this point. It, it's just like, that's silly you can't go two-footed in like even if you get the ball like you said there's can't explain it it's just it's so weird to me
1: we can we can go even further for Perisic because he arguably should have had about four yellows and a red um because he was already on a booking when uh, we tried to take a quick corner um and a second ball was on the pitch um Perisic threw that ball on the pitch intentionally is that not a red yellow second yellow no with kicking the ball away, it's always been one. If you're putting a second ball on the pitch on purpose to stop, that's a yellow card, isn't it? Normally,
3: yeah.
0: yeah. Part of me wonders what the outcome of this game would have been if it was played at the Amex. Uh, I know, it's, I know, it's a little bit cliche and redundant to say, "Ah, oh, they're pressured by the fans." And I, obviously, I know the VAR is not in the stadium, but I do feel like that on the pitch, he it felt like he was. Very much playing a little bit to the home crowd. Um, I don't remember a ton of decisions that again we are biased. I don't remember a ton of decisions that <laughs> went our way where you're like, actually, you know what, good job, ref. Uh, maybe there was one he played on where it wasn't a foul, but I i feel like there was a number where we came in, especially the Kaysade, where we won the ball fairly and the ref would blow up as well. It's just it was just a just a nasty, nasty, annoying game. A horrible refereeing performance. Yeah, pretty shocking.
1: Uh, next up, penalty shout number one. Uh me this was Hoiberg, right? This was yeah. this, this was, was Heuberg. Heuberg, So yeah. this is where I'm getting. See, I'm there's so fucking many. I'm getting a mix up as to who the prick <laughs> Spurs shirt was doing each one um so the the Huy-beck tackle uh tackle slash absolute stonewall foul uh on mitoma um we've had two goals disallowed we've had a almost definite red uh in my book not even barely looked at um we've also had that handball at the start that wasn't even looked at from what i can gather for the for the penalty as well Um, so we're now at like numerous new. we're already like the train is like so far down the track like towards the dead end area like we're runaway train at this point like the ref has lost all control it's all gone to shit everybody is raging already and then just now we're getting onto the mitoma tackle (laughs) in the box from boyberg they take a decent look at this one and still come back with one saying no and two, to Adam's point, we're so confident that it's not a penalty. You don't need to worry about a thing at will. Don't worry about checking that on the screen, mate. You're good to go. They
0: have to have been watching something else on TV. I don't. I don't I, this is the one where if you ignore, if you decide to just pretend, pretend you are an ardent Spurs fan. And you, you know, you were there, White Hart Lane. You've seen them lift all the tr- no, no mind. You've seen them play a lot of football games, uh, and and you you watch this game, and you come to the conclusion. All right, I'm going to admit out of everything that I saw, I don't think I don't I think Matoma handballed it because of the rule about the arm bit, whatever. I think he handballed it. I did think McAllister. If it comes anywhere near the head, it comes with the hand of the penny, but You can't give the goal. You've got to disallow it. And you know what? Well, he did win the ball, so it wasn't a red card. You can say all of that. And I don't agree with you, but I'll let you. That's okay. You can have that opinion. No one with with one, two eyes, partial vision, watched this foul and said, that's not a penalty. Nobody. And that's the thing. This was the one that I think we all look at and we all, we're, we're the most aggrieved by because this is the one that's absolutely undeniable. It is as objective as it comes. He stamps on his foot. It's a penalty. I, I cannot fathom the decision-making process that went down at Stockley Park, where one idiot watched it and was—I don't know was watching East or something on the other screen. The other idiots got Cory on and has gone. Nah, yeah, sure, whatever. Just, whatever. just let Spurs out. It's fine. It's not a big deal. And then, yeah, don't don't get the ref to have a look. Don't bother with it. Just let it happen. Uh, someone explain the flow chart of the decisions that got them to just continue playing.
2: Yeah. This is the one, isn't it? Like <laughs> just the, the other ones, like you said, if you just completely ignore them, which we aren't, which is about 49 minutes talking about them, but just this one is just deplorable, isn't it? And, and for me, it's like, right. So let's pretend that I'm in, Atwell's tiny little brain just for a few seconds, right? And it's a lot of space. And you, and you go, right. roomy, Yeah, right. He's brought the ball down. He's then either fell over voluntarily, which is a dive in the penalty area, or he's actually been caught, right? So surely if he thinks that there's no contact been made there, then Matoma's dived and it's a yellow card, right? And, and you then stop the game. Instead, he hasn't even done that. So he must think that there's some contact there, but it's not enough, in which case VR does get involved, in which they don't do their job. But then it just, either way doesn't make any sense to me. Like I can't figure out his thought process and that flowchart chart going through, through his head where no action was the right call here. It just, it makes no sense to me on the pitch and then off the pitch is another thing like you said they're they're watching emmerdale at this point because it doesn't make any sense
0: Uh, and this is the one they've come out and apologize if you haven't caught up with the news this is this is this is the one where howard and the pgmo have actually come out and specified that they messed up here okay okay and what what does that do right sweet fa absolutely nothing just add another little apology th- card to the, the the little table that we now have of, of letters that we've got from howard webb uh, it doesn't make a difference and that's that it's not one of those things where it's like you've had a fight with your partner and you say okay i've apologized it won't happen again it's the only way you can sort of explain it is if is you've had a fight with your partner but the fight is where she's or he's burned half a million pounds of your money. That's the sort of equivalent. It's like, well, yeah, the apology works on a certain level, but at a certain point, I don't just want an apology. Your apology in this situation is worthless. Make, the, you have no excuse not to make at least like close to the right decision. Make a close-ish to the right decision. It's okay if you didn't think it was a penalty during Okay, run it back. We'll get the VAR to look at it. Let the assistant VAR, the assistant to the assistant VAR to look at it. Okay, fine. We're still not really sure. Yeah, well, Stuart, come just have a look. You make a final decision. I, even if you did all that, I can at least like make peace with it a bit. I'll be like, okay, and you went through your checks and balances. I don't agree with you. This is silly. But the fact is they failed in a system designed to remove failure. And then apologized. Don't apo- It's worse that you've apologized. I'm more annoyed that you've apologized and admitted fault. Of course, you're at fault. We can all see you messed up. How though? How did you mess up?
1: It really is getting into the point of like catching your other half in bed with like eight people of all <laughs> genders, shapes and sizes, and them going, Whew, "Sorry about that."
0: Yeah, really. Sorry. Is it like, want? yeah? Do you want to go out? We're later?
1: so yeah. far beyond it. Or just like coming home to them burying six bodies it's just like, I don't think you being a serial killer is redeemable, actually. Um, you're going to cost us everything. <laughs> um, there's no, like, why? Um, Arctic Temper in the chat is asking if Matoma's penalty was given. Hoyberg would have been on two yellow cards. No, his second yellow was after the, the penalty that never was. So he would, maybe he wouldn't have made that tackle. Maybe he would, probably would, because he knew he wouldn't get away with it anyway. But... No, he would not have been on a second yellow at that point. Um, James as well saying that surely, like some sort of accumulator effect in the ref's head, and we see this a lot, even in our decisions over the course of the game. Uh, if someone's been given a dodgy penalty, you tend to see them become very, very friendly on giving nice free kicks and penalties at the other end uh, to kind of even things out. But when you know you've given a few wrong decisions all one way, you might want to balance out on the next dubious one and kind of like do it. Whether that's right or wrong, it absolutely happens. Um, yesterday or the day before was just pure stubborn. I am wrong. Uh, it is my no. it's what's the uh, what's the meme? Am I wrong or the children that are wrong? Yeah, this the, like, the principal the Simpsons, Skinner one. Yeah, yes, yeah, I did it.
0: This honestly, <laughs> I genuinely think they could have handed a machete to Harry Kane and he could have come out and hacked an arm off a Brighton player, and they wouldn't have reviewed it. I I I don't I don't understand. Like they they could nothing. What else could you What else could have happened in that game? Because it turned into a com. It turned into a circus. Managers get sent off. We've got like clear and obvious penalty. Two footed challenges flying in. We haven't even got onto the bloody shirt pull that was a hundred percent a penalty at the end. Like. Multi like handballs, all that I don't at this point. It's just it doesn't matter. Clearly, they had it in their minds, they were like, We're just not gonna, we're, we're only seeing this game through one way.
2: Appalling, appalling. Yeah. yeah, far too many. Don't know what's going on. Uh, the worst refereeing performance I've seen, probably. I mean, when apart from talking like League Two and National League and stuff like that, you can take it back then, but since VAR's been introduced, that's the worst refereeing performance I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I think that's there's a lot of like recency bias that comes around with the internet now, isn't there? Where people are like, mm. "That's the best thing I've ever seen." This is, the, and it's like, "Well, hold on, you've just literally forgotten the three weeks ago when you it. it's, <laughs> it's not always." But this actually, this is actually one of those ones where you're like as you say since far has come in I don't think we've seen such a collective royal screw up than, than this particular game and the only way that you could possibly it's like you know that Lahoz referee in Spain who just like hands out red cards left right and center he's the only one that would compete with this because he wants to be the center of attention but even that I mean he's he wants to be the star of the show but he's never I've never seen a performance from him and his officiating
1: crew that was like this. <laughs> At least we know like what he's gonna like. We know that comes with his territory, right? Like we know that like we're not. We know that it's not a shock. Like that's just who he is. At least yeah. like we had some semblance of expectation of a normal refereeing performance. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's talk that final challenge uh, foul on Dunk that hasn't been acknowledged by PGML somehow. Um, it, despite the clear clips of both hands being on him uh, and a shirt being pulled to drag him to the floor uh, and no penalty given. Um, ha- this has happened. We've seen this once before. This blatant. Uh, and it was a Shane Duffy one. Uh, and he got dragged down. It was really, really bad. And they actually did come out and that it should have been looked at by the And wasn't. And that was like two years ago when like VAR was just introduced. And I think people were like, well, like they'll get it right next time. Um, that has aged very poorly um, because that should have been an opportunity to equalize from the spot. What What more could he have done at that point? Like, what do we do? Like, again, like, what are we doing? Like, what is the logic here? And none of these are being checked for a long amount of time. And we're now on to decision five and not a single one has been reviewed at a monitor, none, zero of these decisions are reviewed by the on-pitch ref at a monitor. This
0: is where we start to get into this idea of, like, is it is it bias versus, like, complicit uh, corruption, right? Um, and I think it was on BT Sports Golf Show or whatever it was. I saw some clip on the internet where they had one of the one of the four hundred former referees uh, that that come on and they talk about the decision and they're like yeah 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 this was this was this was wrong but he also did say sometimes the the officiating crew are advised to make or not make certain decisions and that sounds it's an interesting statement to make, but you, you get it. Like, as in like sometimes they'll have come out partway through a season. like, we're seeing a lot of this. You need to now take a completely hard line. And if this happens, this is always a yellow card or this is always a red card. To me, this game's reeks of something that's been said where they're like, we need to, we need to cut down on the number of times we get the ref to come over and look at the screen. So if you can make a decision at Stockley park, Get it done and we move on with the game. I don't know why. I don't know if there's an insight, like some kind of like we want to slim down on injury time, stoppage time, like whatever it is. But that was one of the most baffling things coming out of all this, is is just yeah, get the get the guy that's tasked with making the decision to at least have a second look at it. And the fact that they didn't do that is is just all the more fascinating. Um it, it's just it's, I don't know. But that's that's an accountability factor
2: though, isn't it? Right is that the ref can't handle the pressure of going over and looking at the screen and then deciding. I think there's there's a lot of conversation around the referee goes over and ninety nine percent of the time he probably changes opinion, right? And that's probably because it's something worth looking at, and that makes that makes sense. But I just I don't. I don't get it. Really, still
0: like that needs to go away, though, doesn't it? That idea, and it's become famous for that, right? If it goes to the, it doesn't mean if it goes to the monitor, we're hundred percent reversing it. Exactly, and I think that's that's what
2: it's for. Is we probably you want another look at this, and then you make your own mind up, and then that's that's an ownership issue, isn't it? Is that the referee can't handle making that decision, in which case they would much prefer VAR, who are named, but you know elsewhere. so that they can hide from any sort of that liability whatsoever. They're not the pantomime villain on the front page. Um, they can go ahead and make that decision with no accountability because they'll, they're will they not going to be reprimanded for it. Sure, Outworld's in the headlines, right? But VAR are just as accountable for you on Saturday in, in just not doing their job
0: at all they have more power in some instances right because yeah. they got more they can completely dictate how this this in many ways they dictated this game more than the referee because all stuart atwell did was waved his arms like this fairly often but yeah actually it was the puppets the puppet masters were sat at stockley park and like you say yeah there's no and this is the thing that frustrates me about, about the apology and what can happen afterwards is even if they came out and they said turns out we saw a number of errors in the game uh, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium the other day, and we have decided collectively to relieve the whole team of their duties and fire them into the sun. That doesn't get us anything, but I don't, I don't like. I mean, yeah, like mild satisfaction, but like uh, it doesn't help. It doesn't get us what we should have got, which was actual justifiable real footballing decisions that frankly all we want to do is get a point get three points and walk away from that game and get on with the season instead we've been
1: screwed and we have another letter to add to the collection uh, that's that's so damning we it's uh, flawed. we've not had anybody jump in but at the death phil is on uh, let's hope his stream is working all right um phil can you hear us okay If you can hear
0: us, don't, I, don't, I don't think Phil wants
1: to be a part of this. No, nah, I don't think he does either. But he's pressed the link by accident, maybe. All right, we'll, we'll crack on that. It could have been uh, special. It
0: could, it, it, who knows what Phil was about? Uh, we'll never know.
1: Yeah. So let's let's talk about um, the the issues here. Coming on from this, we have now been, well, it's cost us not no, not nine, because we drew a Palace, so seven points um, we've been cost now from official apology letters um, from the PGMOL. Uh, we're now sat in seventh place. Um, Villa are now above us. A- all credit to Villa, by the way. Uh, Emery has done a hell of a job there. Um, but... Villa are now above us. Uh, We still have our two games in hand. Uh, Fifty percent of our games are now against top half opposition. Uh, Most of them top six opposition. So it does not get any easier. Uh, And some of those games that we're not playing against big boy sides, we've got teams like Forest at Forest, right? The ones that you don't want, you don't want to have. Um, So what's the what's the thinking here? Do you do you think that? Just in your heart of hearts, uh, at the end of the season, we look back and we're doing our season review podcast. Do you think – two questions. One, do you think we still make Europe of of any any option, conference seventh place or above, essentially, or an FA Cup win? Or do you think that we miss out? And then the other question is, do you think those seven points are going to make – difference do you think that things are going to fall away in a case of like we're going to finish ninth and it's not going to matter in the end because we finish eight points adrift or do you sit there and think it's great to be in a conference league it's a shame we finished six points out of the champions league spot
2: i think it's probably that uh i think for for me i thought uh, again my own opinion i thought champions league was just a little bit out of reach for us um it would have been incredible if we were able to do that and but given the run in that we have at the end of this month and in may like it was always going to be a tough ask to pick up you know two points a game on average to try and push that towards the end of the season i do think we finish 7th i do think we find some form of european football but there will always be that question and i think this game oh, shit sorry will be pertinent to that conversation i think it will be a key agenda item when we do our review at the end of this season as to either where our results fell off because we just feel hard done by or here are the points that we missed that didn't allow us to get up as high as maybe we should have finished. Um, but still a hell of a lot of work to do. So it's, uh, it's still in our hands. I, I still need to crack on. I just hope, yeah, I hope this doesn't start a bad run because we're righteously aggrieved by it players, manager and all. Um, just hope that we're able to just refresh and restart.
1: We've, uh, we've got, I'm going to cut you off, Adam, because we have someone just joined the chat that definitely knows what they're doing here with their blacked out <laughs> background and posh microphone. So we're going to add Mikey from the chat to the chat. Uh Mikey, how are you feeling today? Welcome to the show for the first time ever. After there I'm he is. In, yeah. The man in the and chat, myth, hello. the legend.
3: Thank you. I'm Mikey in the chat. Times. Yes. Uh Yeah. Feeling a little bit better today, but uh let's put it in some context. It's still not great, is it? um yeah no words this is this is this is why you guys do the podcast not me because I walk away and go I've got no words I don't well, we just
0: ramble say. that we're we have the opposite we have too many words unfortunately yeah that's the <laughs> I Mikey what do you think I, I I lost myself partway through Josh's question as well where, where do you where do you think we end because I feel like when you ask like is seven points going to make... Yeah, seven points is absolutely going to make a break. It's not like we're cantering away with the title or anything. Seven points, to me, could be the difference between four different positions. I think it absolutely makes a difference in a big way.
3: What do I you think, think, Mikey? I think seven points could be huge because it was for the West Ham game, last game last season, where we could have finished like 12th or we could have finished something else, couldn't we? Yeah. And it's because we won and other results went our way, especially this season with how close things are at the top or on the top half or on the bottom half yeah it could be huge could be huge and it could cost us millions whether it's in just simply league places or you know qualifying for Europe in a different capacity
0: I think the, the the question about Champions League whether or not we're ready for it whether or not it was achievable any of that stuff to me I don't care about the reasoning or analysis behind it you're you deserve to finish where you finished because that's that's the output. It's a fairly simple, meritocratic, you get points and that's it. And that's where you end up. We could get knocked out straight away in the Champions League or not even make it through the qualifying thing because we play like rapid Vienna and lose. That's, that's okay. But the point is, look, we've played good enough football. Did I see this? Where did I see this come out the other day? Whereby like our form post-World Cup is second only to Man City in the league. Um, like, we are absolutely, or have been absolutely, where we deserve to be, and yeah, it, it, is Champions League too big for this club at the moment? Probably doesn't matter. I still want to be in it. I want to be as high as that we're capable of. I don't want points taken away from us on stupid biased decisions. That's for me where it comes down to.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think I think we've we've uh, done very well to earn ourselves to where at least where we are. But I think also you look at this season in general, and you look at Liverpool, and you look at. Chelsea they are struggling I think we will struggle to find a better season to to qualify as high up in the table as perhaps we could do this season um I mean who, who knows what you know where where uh, what's going to happen next season we, we've we honestly no idea but um yeah I, I I think it's just a real shame I think it's a real real shame
1: well obviously very disappointing we could probably talk for another three hours about the injustice of it honestly uh because like adam said it really was just so bad that like this is the cry wolf one like no really this was the worst thing we've seen (laughs) in years um chelsea next uh under the tutelage of frank lampard uh, (laughs) at the bridge um a team that are in desperate need of a bit of luck and a turnaround in fortunes uh craig how are you feeling about the referee in the VAR group this weekend?
2: Well, that's Just abysmal, right? Right. <laughs> like, it's just you, there's just no faith in it. What? Well, there wasn't any faith in it in anyway. But right, you, you come off you come off the back of something like that, and you go right. Okay, is there any point even us showing up to Wembley? Is there any point even just rocking up to Stamford Bridge when you know your mind's just going? It's all premeditated. It's all premeditated. So, I, just we have the ability to win that game um there is a slight thing in the back of all of our brains at the moment that goes please don't stitch us up like just somewhere um and and be able to to ride this out we have a good chance to win that game let's just hope that the the officials decide to do their job that day
0: hey here's a dumb question i, I will answer what you said as well <laughs> but should there be a system like and i'm not saying this is a shining example in Formula One, the FIA, and we've seen this already this season, right? Josh already got his head in his hands. <laughs> uh, they can come back after the fact and they'll move it like, okay, you committed a penalty. The trophy now goes over because it went the exchange hands from Alonso, didn't it? And then it went over to George Russell and run all the races and then it switched back. Uh, to, to Fernando Alonso. Now, obviously, that is not the best example of how this should be interpreted and, and what would happen. But should there be a situation whereby if you can't change how everything is calculated, if there is an outright mistake that has contributed to changing the changing the game and the points that happened, should you be able to retroactively change the outcome of a game knowing
3: if a decision went the wrong way?
1: Objection. It's already been done.
3: It's happened with Man United, didn't it?
1: Bruno's well, against yeah <laughs> okay 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 maybe with a little
0: more time at the end of it than like one minute or whatever afterwards but yeah but do, I mean I know it sounds silly and I know that it, as soon as you suggest anything in football that is outside of the realms of like what we have been doing for years and years it gets met with no You're no this isn't how a game works but like do you, this table doesn't seem fair to me. how are Spurs? What with three points after this? They come out and apologise. Like you should have had a penalty. Of course, it's tough because you don't even know if you're going to score the penalty. But like, how is this good enough? How is the current situation, the current setup, the solution, the right way to do it? We all feel aggrieved. Every neutral feels aggrieved that we've been robbed. But Spurs, meanwhile, they just walk on and are six points clear in fifth place. That's not fair either.
1: Yeah, I mean you've you've got. Like ex players and ex refs, even actually coming out for the first time ever and saying, like, we need to consider rematches for situations like this. It was that bad. Do I think it will happen? Absolutely not. No, yeah. obviously not. But like, that's how bad this weekend's performance was that you've got ex professionals coming out and putting out such blasphemy as offering the idea of rematches because of how bad the situation was. I think I think the problem is there's no accountability, right? There's no there is no option. There is no alternative dimension where things go well or, or justly. And that's that's the problem. The only thing I think we can do from any perspective, right? Like at any job that you're in, whether it's like, you know, on the checkouts at the Tesco or the CEO of Twitter, putting stupid doges on your Twitter accounts. Like I feel like all you can do. From all of those things, just cover your own ass, right? That's all you can do. Keep receipts of everything if you think it's going to be a problem in the future, right? That's the best advice you could give anyone. If there's teenagers listening to this and they're going out into the working world, cover your ass first. Don't worry about anyone else. Cover your ass. Keep your receipts because when shit hits the fan, you're covered. Why are we not doing that in the fucking Premier League with tens and hundreds of millions of pounds and we have no idea what that audio sounded like that day? with five separate decisions. How? How do we not have that? It's such an obvious solution that even if we can't hear it, at least send that to Bloom and Barber on Monday morning. Here's the audio, full, unedited audio of that conversation all game and allowing that conversation to be heard. Because then at least you can understand from a club point of view, when you get the apology, you know why it gives you – then like you're covering your own ass then like you've got it like the only the only answer to that is that they know the level of incompetence they're at and they don't dare do anything like that because they know that it would basically cause the whole house of cards to just totally collapse in on itself surely
0: I, uh, I wish I, I, wish I had. I don't, uh, Mikey. Maybe you've got. I, love, I don't. I, I can't even really fathom a feasible solution. I think you, you get a bit of closure through that, Josh, but it still doesn't change the table. And I think the other thing we talked about this before. But and by the way, we have these same problems with other sports too. Different varying degrees. But I'm talking about when you bring in the idea of gambling. You're putting money on top of money here, and people that bet on these games, of which there is lots, there's tons of money sloshing around. And the outcome of these decisions can can contribute to millions upon billions of pounds of change. And there's just there has to be more level of accountability, as you say, and an explanation or an apology or anything of that doesn't affect it. has to, It has to come back to the actual thing that matters at the end of it. It has to go back to the actual result. It has to go back to the points. It has to go. It has to lead to the money. An apology or an explanation doesn't lead to the money it's just a a band-aid over a a broken arm it's pointless
3: so i think you guys have said this on on the podcast before in in cricket in rugby for example the officials are all mic'd up you can hear all of what they're saying Uh, and you can often hear what the players are saying as well um I, you know, we've said this before, that they should bring that into football as well, I guess the refs wouldn't want it, but, but we do and I think it would have two benefits It one in that we can maybe understand what they're thinking and the other thing is if they are they're messing about or they're thinking actually no, I really want Spurs to win this game not saying that it's happening, but if it does happen we can then hear it and that's then going to deter it from happening as well, like maybe I'm just being a bit over the top with that, but we can hear what they're saying. We can go, oh, well, okay. Or, or we can then counter that a little bit more afterwards. And rather than just a, all oh, sorry, we can then work out, you know, there can be a bit more dialogue between, between the, all sides, if you see what I mean. I, I,
2: yeah. I think it's what everyone would want. Right. And it, it's just, it won't happen because it will show in plain daylight how incompetent these refs are. So, they they absolutely will not do it, and they they won't go ahead with that because they know that they're doing a bad job. Um So you do, can do you, they
0: do they know? Because oh, I've, I've heard they, some of these refs because they look out for one another.
2: Are they that stupid? They I think no. back, to, back to Josh's point, they're covering their own asses, right? They know that they're bad, and that's why they won't campaign for this or give any sort of rhyme or reason as to how these these decisions are made um because there is no accountability they want it that way because otherwise they'll just get slaughtered i i i think for me anyway again in my opinion against everyone else's is that they they know that they don't want that because it will just it will show to the world how bad they are at officiating and we know that they are but they don't want <laughs> concrete evidence of that out into the ether um it's not something that they'll likely ever do um, we we want it i think everyone wants it because we want to know what's going on and how did how on earth did you even get to that result or decision um i just i just don't think it's going to happen as much as much as everyone wants it
0: yeah i don't know i also don't know like what <laughs> 'Cause even in, in the NFL's is uh, not a great example of this because people are furious of these situations as well. But for those that don't know, like this slows to, obviously the NFL like it's like a the slowest game on earth with all the breaks and everything. But the coaches can throw a red flag or whatever and essentially object to a decision that was made on the pitch and then that that triggers a review. And you get a limited number of those. It's more to it than that but the, the funny part being is that when you throw the flag and they review it they then go to the video they basically go to stock park the equivalent they go to new york and they review it so even if we had the system in place where deserve could complain in real time about it which he would he'd probably be throwing the things all day long we we just end up in the same situation where that some idiots made the wrong decision while watching back the video that's the thing that fascinates me we've already put in place what, what is in my mind like a the simplest most seamless solution to a problem that removes that removes the uh, mistakes that can be made and yet we still seem to be like compounding mistakes because they're even now more apparent than they ever were and yeah maybe maybe if you could hear then that would make a difference it's almost like we're, it's like a deterrent right if there is any like semi foul play or bias but even then like i don't it's just so hard to know because i At what point do you believe that there's sort of enough proof to say that something was done wrong or right? Like, what is it? You have to get a focus group in, and each review is done by a team of twenty, and it's done by democratic vote, and they've got five minutes. Like, the more we layer onto it, it becomes like farcical, doesn't it? And that's why it's such a problem. But I think we've seen enough now as Brighton fans and as football fans that I agree with Craig. Technology. The, techn- the technology works. You cannot say the technology is the technology absolutely works, um, but the outcome of what we're
1: seeing now is just just a joke. Yeah, I think we've uh, I think we've naturally run our course here with an hour and twenty minutes of this. Um, to answer your question, I think we built we beat Chelsea. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Um, all right, Mikey, thank you for hopping on. Uh, no worries. Everybody else. Let's do it again next weekend. Uh, Not this though. Not this. Please, I don't know. I we if this happens, if this happens again next weekend, we're not recording. That's it. We're just gonna have black streets streets
3: if this happens next weekend.
1: Yeah, of Chicago, and New Jersey, and everywhere (laughs) else. Like it's just uh, yeah. So we will speak to you next week. Um, Please, God, in better circumstances. Even if we lose, like just fairly, like okay. Like fine, like it's gonna feel better than this, like at this at this point. Uh, yeah, arctic therapy complete. Um, that will be a, a fifty dollars copay, um, and we will see you next week. That's gonna be uh, lost in so. all the
0: English. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there are like, what? That's a that's a that's a little uh, look into the hellhole that is the U.S. health service um, and how they monetize everything they possibly can, including your own mental health. Um, so. Yeah, Have a wonderful rest of your week um, and we will speak again sometime next week post-Chelsea.
0: Forget about this. Have a stiff drink between now and then. This, this needs to be blocked out of the memory. It really does. <laughs>